Do you struggle with mental health or know someone who does? Join Gabrielle and Charisse as they discuss all things mental health. Each episode will be packed with information on coping, healing, and living a well-balanced life. We hope you join us in session. The New Year, everybody. This is In Session Podcast with your hosts, Sharice and Gabrielle, and we are so excited to usher in this new year with you guys and get to chatting. Happy New Year, Sharice. How are you feeling? And what do you want to talk about today? I'm feeling really good. I think 2023 is going to be a great year. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Thank you for joining in on this episode. So today we're talking about what you can expect from therapy. I think a lot of time people come into therapy and they're wondering, what their role is, mm-hmm. what the therapist role role is, what um, how we're going to work together to reach certain goals. And so today we're going to break that down a little bit and talk about some things that we see in the therapy room yeah. um, and maybe the perspective of a client as well. And so what do you think? Where, do you, where should we start with that? You know, I think from a therapist perspective, you said something really important on Twitter the other day and you were like, I feel so much more clinically sharp after taking a break. And so for a lot of therapists, when a lot of us have families or even just individual things we want to do. And so the month of December can kind of be a reset for us. And so when we come back in January, we're ready to go. And I also think that for some clients, it's like either a new year's resolution or something like that to start therapy, because I think we've been back in the office maybe almost a week now. And I've gotten so many emails about people who want to start therapy. So I think one, it's kind of this expectation of it's a new year. Let me work on myself, which some of us go to the gym. We try to eat healthier. And then for some, it's starting therapy, which I I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, Do you tend to think people who want to do therapy as a part of a new year's resolution is a good idea or? Okay. I do. I was telling my best friend, you know, you can make goals at any time during the year, but something about turning that blank slate, like going into a new year and like setting the foundation for what you want the rest of your year to look like. is very important. I think it's very intentional. And so I do think, you know, people get more motivated. They're like, okay, so this year I can reflect on 2022 and say, okay, there's things that I wanted to accomplish that maybe I didn't. And maybe my mental health was one of those things that got in the way. So what can I do to take it a step further? I'm not saying that you can't do things at home to help with your mental health, but I think therapy takes it to that next level. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I see people coming in and they're like, yeah, I just knew that it was time. Yeah. Right. I've wanted, I've been wanting to work on this for a long time, but I'm kind of still stuck in the same patterns, not really sure why. And so therapy can help get to the root of those things. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, people, the earlier that they start in the year, the Mm -hmm. way that they see their year changing and they see like by the end of the year, this is what my life is going to look like. And I don't want to wait, you know, and wait to get into therapy to see those changes. So I think, you know, the new year definitely does motivate people to get started. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this, we're going to touch on some things about people who maybe have never been to therapy. And so what to expect if you're brand new and you want to start it for either the first time or start back after a while. And then maybe if you've already been in therapy and you're kind of transitioning, I've been in therapy in 2022. And now what do I expect in this new year already as as an established client? Um, Maybe we could start with people who are just kind of newbies. They haven't been in therapy or they've taken a very, very long break from it. I would start off by saying set realistic expectations for therapy. I am one to tell you therapy is not a magic wand. So while it is great to start therapy at the top of a new year, I think being mindful that you don't come to therapy especially one session and like, oh, my life is great. All my problems are fixed. That's not how it works. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's continuous work. And I think some people have, you know, when, when it's the new year, they come in and they have their goals mm-hmm. set and they're ready to get started. But you don't realize that for therapists, we have to get to know you first. Oh, and yeah. so some clients are like, yeah, I'm ready to go ahead and get started. I typically don't even give homework. 
within the first, you know, couple of sessions, I get to know the client and yeah. see like, what the presenting problem is, what is keeping them stuck in their patterns, what kind of thoughts they're having. And that allows me to gain a better mm-hmm. idea of your, the client history. And so, sure. you know, you have to understand that, you know, your life, but I don't know your life yet. Yeah. I, I take the perspective that you are the expert on your life, but I still need to get into that perspective yeah. and enter in this type of collaborative relationship with you so that I can best help the treatment plan. I'm not really leading it. I'm letting the client lead it, but I also need to understand to work beside you, what your life looks like and how, you know, things are impacting you in the current yeah. you know setting. And so that's a really good point because maybe if you're starting therapy, understanding that the expectation isn't going to be, I come in and the therapist tells me what to do or the therapist tells me how to fix my life. Instead, it's the therapist is going to get to know me. They're going to get to know my life. They're going to get to know my story. And then together, we're going to figure out what to do with that information. And I think maybe sometimes it's because like, if you have a cold or if you have a broken bone, maybe we're used to going to the doctor, going to the hospital, they do a workup or run some tests. And if it's a pretty clear cut issue, they'll say, okay, take this medicine and you'll feel better. Mental health, mental wellness does not work that way because oftentimes it's a a conglomerate of things that are affecting it. And then depending on how old you are, there could be things that happened in childhood or that are presently going on. So it's not as clear cut as like, oh, I have a cough. Give me some cough syrup. Like, no, there's so much more that goes into it. So if you're listening to this, don't expect it to be coming in, giving me advice, telling me how to fix my life but really expect that they're going to get to know you. Any good therapist is going to value you and your story. And you want to make sure they're doing that. Mm -hmm. And with valuing your story, you know, it's important to be honest. Oh yeah. Um, And so (laughs) one thing that I come across sometimes is that clients will not go into detail out of fear of, you know, make, they'll say, don't think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not judging you, right? So therapy is a non-judgmental space, but I need to know those details to get to know you. And so if it's something embarrassing or something vulnerable, that's what the space is. And I yeah. think, you know, when we talk about coming into therapy initially, yeah, Gabrielle's right. We have to walk beside you to be, kind of create that experience to kind of co-create this, you know, safe place for you. And so I think a part of, you know, being able to open up about your feelings and things that might be embarrassing or yeah. dark or scary to you, it comes with getting to know your therapist, getting comfortable with them and also them getting comfortable with you. Yeah. So therapists, you know, they can decide, hey, is this a good fit? Yeah. Is this not a good fit? Um, sometimes personalities don't match up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the therapist might be direct. Sometimes they might be more gentle. Sometimes you're looking for something that's different from those things and that's okay. And so the therapist is gaining a whole bunch of assessment um, tools in the beginning to say, is this client a good fit? What is this client's story? How am I going to best help this client? And how is this client going to feel comfortable in this space? All of that is important to kickstarting the therapy process to be the most effective that it can be. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you mentioned the point of fit because something that I'm really trying to be intentional about this year is only taking on clients that are a good clinical fit for my skill set. You know, we talk about ethically kind of like operating with our scope of practice anyway. But what I found is that clients are going to get the most out of therapy when they do have a really good join and a really good fit with a therapist. And likewise, I'm going to enjoy my job and be able to do it a lot better when I know that this is a good clinical fit. And so I actually kind of have like a, a predetermined script that I'm going to use that if I like have an intake with a client and I don't feel like this is going to be a good clinical fit, I know like how to explain that to them and how to like point them in the right direction. And that's not because, oh, they don't like me, but it's because we've done this enough. We probably know, you know what? They need something different that I can provide, whatever that may be. And if you're listening to this, don't quit therapy if the first therapist you try isn't a good fit, because sometimes that happens. It could be their availability doesn't match up. It could be you don't like the way their office is structured, or it could be, you know what? 
I'm having a hard time opening up to this person. There's this wall. And I don't really know why y'all can work through that for a little bit of time, but if it's not getting better, maybe we consider looking elsewhere. So be honest with your story. Cause if we're not honest, then we really can't know what to work with anyway. And maybe part of that is being honest with yourself. Sometimes we will either come into therapy and think that somebody else is the problem. And don't get me wrong, sometimes people can be the problem, but it takes two to tango, so to speak. And so even if somebody else is doing something that's not great, I can pretty much guarantee you're not doing everything perfectly. I don't do everything perfectly, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that comes with being okay with allowing the therapist to kind of push you sometimes. And so if you're coming in every time, like Gabrielle's saying, and it's like, oh, this person's problem, this person's the problem. Well, that's a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. And the common denominator in that pattern seems to be, you know, you, maybe you're a part of the interaction, not saying that you're the person that's contributing everything in in an interaction, even a not response is, is a response. And so Mm -hmm. you have, you are contributing to an interaction. And so the therapist will likely call that out Mm -hmm. to you. And sometimes, you know, there's defensiveness that happens that's all a part of the therapy process they have to get honest with you and be able to show you hey like they're showing the mirror up to you like this is what I see could this be right could this be happening because if we don't acknowledge that if we don't have awareness I think it's very hard to make change so once I say hey you know the sky is blue okay I can know that if it's gray today then something is different right there might be a storm happening that is my baseline and so Mm -hmm. if I don't ever come to awareness about that I'm just out here not knowing what the weather's going to do from day to day right and so I think it's important to allow that therapist to kind of enter that space and give you their perspective and be okay with accepting it and knowing that it's coming from a place that is meant to be helpful right. and not harmful. Exactly. And so maybe an expectation if you're new to therapy, do not expect your therapist to be your friend and take your side and like, oh, you're so right. And oh, everything that you're saying is so true. One, that's not our job to do, but then two, would you really grow that way? You know, sometimes we need opposing opinions or opposing thoughts or like, hey, maybe this is a different way to look at it. Because honestly, if you were looking at it your way and your way was sufficient to handle the situation, maybe you wouldn't think that you needed therapy, right? So clearly you've gotten to a point where, you know what, I need to open myself up to a new perspective. And like Cherie said, it needs to be helpful and not harmful, but maybe part of that is also don't get defensive or don't think that someone is attacking you just because they don't agree with you. And I think that is a larger cultural issue is that sometimes if someone doesn't look like us, think like us, agree with us, whatever, it seems to be this big divide when it doesn't have to be. We can talk about that difference or talk about that disagreement, but what happens when we open up space? Like, tell me more about that or how else could I be seeing this? And so if you're coming to therapy for the very first time, really try to be open-minded. If you find that you're somebody who gets defensive quickly, tell that to your therapist. That way y'all can work through that together and say, hey, look, in times past, if someone told me something I didn't want to hear, I would get defensive. That way your therapist can like call that out and be like, hey, I know I just said something that may be hard for you to hear. Tell me how you're feeling right now. Are you getting defensive? Do you want to shut down? And if you're honest about that, y'all can talk through it, you can grow through it, and then you're going to get a lot more out of therapy. Mm -hmm. So what Gabrielle is saying is really important. We don't mind if you get defensive, but it's important to remain in therapy and to talk about that with your therapist, if they're a good fit for you, if they're a good therapist. So a good therapist is going to want to repair any ruptures. And so a rupture is something that maybe the client and the therapist don't agree on. Maybe the client got defensive and they're reconsidering, you know, their place in therapy and their role in therapy and things start to maybe not make as much progress as we could. And so Mm -hmm. repairing the rupture means that therapist is going to do their best to address what's going on for the client, Mm -hmm. what changed, you know, the relationship and therapy and how can we go from here to make things better? And that might be going to, you know, your past of like, Mm. how has this shown up for you before? 
therapy is a healthy space to kind of work through that. And the therapist, the main benefit of that is that they're non-biased, right? Mm. And so they're able to present a fresh perspective, a different perspective that's not attacking you. Right. Maybe you were attacked um, in the past by other people, but the therapist is not there to be in the same role as other people in your life are. They're different. They're outside perspective Mm -hmm. that's presenting what they see. And the therapist is not just a blank slate in the room. You do affect them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important to realize. So if you're getting defensive, they're not going to be just, oh, okay, that's fine. They're not going to coddle you potentially, or hopefully not. They're going to call that out and say, hey, what's going on for you? And I think that's important to work through because that also teaches you conflict resolution Mm. skills. And it's in a safe place, right? Right. The therapist is not going to fire you as a client or get mad at you for being defensive. If they're a good therapist, they're going to work with you on it. And they're going to work with you on it in a way that's best for you. For sure. They're not going to push their agenda and say, this is how we need to work through this. They're going to say, what's going on for you? How would this be helpful to work through? Yeah. What kind of techniques can we use to get you regulated so that we can talk about this a bit more? And that's the biggest benefit of therapy, I Absolutely. think, is that unbiased perspective and kind of entering in that space with someone who is presenting that outside perspective. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had that like happen in your clinical work, but I've definitely experienced where sometimes people have gotten defensive and either didn't want to work on it or just kind of didn't want to do that conflict avoidance. And so they wouldn't come back. They wouldn't want to continue, right? If you're listening to that, don't let that be you, because if they are a good therapist, they want to help you develop those conflict resolution skills. And a huge part of having healthy relationships isn't that a person that you're connected with is always telling you, yes, you're right. Yes, this is exactly how it is. But no, they're opening your mind up to a different possibility. And so if you're listening to this, expect that there are going to be some times you're going to be challenged. Expect that there are going to be some times maybe y'all don't see eye to eye. But instead of taking that as like, oh, that's a red flag I need to run oh, maybe this is a green flag and I need to grow. Because again, if they're a good therapist, they're here to help you grow, right? We're not your friends. We don't really, quote unquote, get emotionally invested into your opinion or your decision. We're here because we really want to help you. So if we're telling you something, you can pretty much bet, okay, they have no reason, you know, they're not benefiting by this decision. So they probably are telling me this because they care about me, which for most good therapists we do. And I think another expectation of therapy is therapists preparing you to be your own therapist. And so all of these tools are meant for you to practice outside of therapy on your own. Eventually, you know, we want to get you to the point to where you terminate, you're good without Mm -hmm. therapy, but you're being your own therapist for yourself outside of therapy. In the beginning, we're going to give you homework. We're not just going to send you to the wolves and say, you know, do this and you'll be fine. We're going to give you homework. We're going to give you things to do in between session because therapy is only an hour a week. If you're biweekly, you know, an hour every two weeks, and Mm -hmm. that's not enough to make all the changes in your life that you need to. The homework comes with doing things outside of session to where you're putting the things from therapy into practice consistently. And as a client, it's your job to do those things. Now you can lie and come (laughs) in a session and say, yeah, the homework was great. I I did that. But we're going to see through that, right? Yeah. We're going to say, okay, well, we gave you this homework and you should be able to, you know, apply this type of thinking to your thoughts. And I'm not seeing that. And so therapists can call you out. And so we're not giving you the homework to add another stressful thing to your life. Right. We're teaching you how to take the skills and use the skills in the areas that you might be struggling with. And so right. if you're struggling with friends or family, friends or family might not come to session. They mm-hmm. might not even be in therapy themselves. And so if we're giving you these skills and you're practicing with a therapist, we expect you to practice it with them as well and report back to us to let us know how that went so that we yeah. can modify our approach or how things went because it might not have gone the way that we were hoping. And that's okay. Therapy is trial and error. But the most important thing is that you do practice the skills because if you come back to therapy without practicing, it's kind of hard to modify our mm-hmm. treatment plan because we don't know how things actually went in right. your reality. Right, right. So if you're listening, expect that you've got to do something. (laughs) And, you know, something that I think we should be asking whenever we have new clients is like, hey, 
are you willing to do some work outside of therapy? Because even if you are a bomb therapist, if you have clients coming in and they only want to work for that 50 minutes or hour that they're in session with you, that's probably just not going to be enough because we need to execute. We need to gain practice. We need to work these skills, build some muscle memory and all those kind of things. And so ask yourself as you're beginning to start therapy, am I willing to do my part? Because like Cherie said, it's just once a week or once every two weeks. And it's only for like 50 minutes to 60 minutes at a time. Am I willing to do something else outside of that? And so I think all of these things kind of point to therapy can be incredibly helpful for you if you're starting it for the first time, but we've got to manage those expectations realistically. And then we have to do our part. Mm -hmm. And another part of doing our part is that being honest portion of it. Be honest. Are you at a space where, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself. I'm not going to tell my therapist I'm going to work on this and then go home and go right back to those same habits. And if you do find it hard, be honest about it. Like, look, Cherise, I know you told me to do this, but I ain't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have, I love those clients who come in and they tell me, Gabrielle, I know you told me to do this, but I botched it up or that was a fail. Okay, let's talk about it. What happened? How can we modify it? Let's figure out a different plan. Mm -hmm. But if they were to come in, oh yeah, I did it. It's perfect. And they really didn't. One, they don't really get the full benefit of therapy or we could terminate and them not be any better, you know? Mm -hmm. So one thing that was important that Gabrielle said was therapy is meant to be helpful. But sometimes I find that clients have the view that therapy is harmful. And that's because therapy is going to bring up emotions that we're not used to being aware of or used to sitting in. And so in my paperwork, I actually have like a little blurb that says therapy cannot promise you anything. And therapy Mm -hmm. actually might contribute to things getting worse, even for just a little bit, because you are going into experiences that you may have avoided for so long. So for example, if you have trauma, a lot of people find it very hard to even go into the trauma. And so they avoid and they've avoided so long that when you start to touch on it, it opens up Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. And so you put the trauma away in many boxes in your mind. And as soon as you start to touch on one, more things start to open. Right. And that can be very, you know, depressing, very anxiety ridden. But what happens is in therapy, if we allow you to avoid, then it's going to create longer term problems. So that anxiety, yeah. that depression is going to get larger. And if we address it in a healthy and safe way, it should get better. Absolutely. I think we have to be aware of where we are in our emotional state and be honest with our therapist about mm-hmm. that. So, wow, it really feels like when I come to therapy, you know, I'm leaving and it's very hard for me yeah. to function through the rest of my week. You and your therapist can talk about ways to manage that so that when you leave the session, it's not so, you know, drastic. It's not that you're you're not able to function. We still want you to be able to function, but we still want you to be able to address the things that you need to address to reach your goals. And so that means not avoiding certain things. Absolutely. I think that's very important. So the honesty going back to that is letting your therapist know where you are mm-hmm. and allowing the therapist to help you not avoid, but also address healthy ways to talk about things that you haven't talked about in years. Exactly. And that kind of even is kind of combined with that conflict resolution, because what happens for a lot of people is that if my therapist is bringing something up for me, be it a tough emotion or trauma, or even like they're challenging my opinion on something we want to avoid, if that's kind of our pattern of like, uh -uh, I don't like how that feels. So I'm just going to run. And like, that could be, I'm going to stop coming or it could be, you know, I'm not able to function. Therapy is not working for me. And a lot of times it's not that it's not working, but it's that it is working because therapy causes us to think more deeply about what was that experience like for me? Or how did that relationship affect me? Or what about my childhood, right? We're bringing and we're digging up those things. And sometimes it doesn't feel great. But the great thing is, is that feelings are just information. We say that on this podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a, a, a tougher emotion or a heavier emotion after a therapy session, maybe that's giving you insight. Wow, this has probably been bothering me for a good portion of my life and I've buried it. 
And just now with me talking about this with my therapist, I see how heavy this is, man, it's really time for me to work on that, right? Because if we only kind of promise you, quote unquote, the good emotions and, oh, you're going to come in here, I'm going to make you happy. We're likely not touching anything that's deeper, just kind of those superficial things. And so I don't know if they'll know this, but like in therapy, we talk about like being really in the content or like (laughs) kind of getting out of that and being like, you know, really processing some things. You don't want a a therapist who's going to just talk about the contents of your day. Like, oh yeah, so-and-so cut me off in traffic and I was mad or, oh, my hair didn't turn out right. Like you can certainly have those moments, but you're really here to talk about your emotional state, your mental functioning. And that requires bringing up some not so great things. Mm -hmm. I had two conversations with clients this week about content versus process. because I think it's important for them to understand too. So I I explained it as like content is kind of like the details of your story. Mm -hmm. And the process is like the emotions around the details of that story. And so as a therapist, my job is to keep you in that process. And it might feel like, okay, so you said, uh, you know, the, the traffic was bad. I'm mad, right? Okay. So I don't want you to talk about the traffic. I don't want you to talk about your experience in the car. I want you to talk about your feeling, your emotion around that. So yeah. where is that coming from? And it can be hard. So I might say like, oh, what does that feel like? You know, when you know someone cuts you off and then you go into talking about the other driver. Well, I didn't yeah. ask about that, right? I asked about <laughs> yeah. the process. I asked about, you know, your emotional experience. And I'm doing that because I want to understand your internal experience. I cannot Mm. tell by words all the time or by your physical reaction about what your internal experience is like. I need you to connect with that in that moment and be able to express it to me. And so I'll ask processy type questions. And I know that it can be hard to sit in that emotion, but that's what therapy is for. And if the therapist has created a safe place for you to do that, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't feel too scary. It shouldn't feel, you know, too daunting that, oh, I don't know, like if I say this, I'm going to appear crazy or my therapist is going to think this of me. We should feel that my therapist is hearing me, right? The first skill I think therapists are taught is to be empathetic Mm -hmm. and to be great listeners. And so if you feel listened to, if you feel heard, it should feel good getting that out. It should be feel safe to process those emotions with your therapist, but it does take some practice. And so I, I will say, you know, if the therapist creates that space for you, um, you know, it becomes easier and easier and don't expect it to be like that. Maybe in the first couple of sessions, it might be more content heavy, yeah. but the process should become more important as you guys gain, you know, traction in your work. Absolutely. And I think for me, one of the most rewarding parts of this work is when I've had a client, especially one that I've been working with for a minute, come in and they say something along the lines of, you know what, that last session I was, you know, that was really heavy the day afterwards, or, you know what, I was really mad at what we kind of talked about and what that brought up for me. But then that golden nugget as they come back and they'd be like, you know what, I realized that you were right. Or I realized when I had that conversation or I did that intervention, how free I feel. I didn't realize how shackled I had been by this until we brought it up. And even though it was so uncomfortable in the room, when we did it, when we worked through it, I feel so much better. That's when I know that I'm doing my job because if I come in and they're leaving and I'm just kind of a girlfriend hour and we're just like, oh girl, tell me how about your day, right? They're probably not going to grow. And I don't know about you, but Sharice probably knows this about me. I do not like wasting time. And so I value your time just like I value mine. You're not going to keep coming and sit on my sofa <laughs> and I'm just like wasting your time shooting the breeze. No, I want you to grow. I want you to have whatever life it is that you desire. And that means we got to push a little bit. So if you're starting therapy, try to keep these things in mind. Also, it is a marathon, not a sprint. So like if you start therapy in January, like don't let February roll around and you'd be like, uh-uh, I'm not fixed yet. Well, <laughs> you know, for a lot of us, we've been on this earth for a few decades or more, something like that. It takes time, right? Like you can't be here for 20 years, 30 years, 40, however old you are, right? And then you come to four therapy sessions and like everything is supposed to be fine. 
doesn't work like that. You know, I wish it did, but it really doesn't. It doesn't. Therapy is an investment. It's oh, an yeah. investment in yourself. It's an investment in your mental health. It's an investment in your future. And so we think of therapy. I think we think about the therapist teaching us stuff. And so as a client, we're learning. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to think about it as we're unlearning. And so mm-hmm. the therapist is learning you. They're learning your life. And they're going to teach you skills how to unlearn certain patterns that you've grown accustomed to that maybe helped you or that served you at one point in your life, but are no longer serving you now. And so unlearning could be challenging. It can be even more challenging than learning something because you get so accustomed to doing something. And something that I bring up with my clients is that, you know, when you've experienced, you know, mental health disorder or distress or, Mm -hmm. you know, factors in your life that you've been kind of clinging to or kind of been stuck to you for a long time, it's hard to let that go. So Mm -hmm. if I'm a person with anxiety, and anxiety kind of interacts with my functioning and, you know, it kind of dictates parts of my life. I'm probably asking myself, what does my life look like without anxiety? Mm-hmm. Right. And so Gabrielle mentioned something important is that like, if you try this intervention and it works for you, it's like, oh, wow, I can finally see the benefit of that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's scary to take those first steps to even do that. Yeah. Um, so when Gabrielle's telling me this in session, like, okay, Sharice, this is what you should do. I'm like, mm, I don't know what that's going to look like. Right. Because I've yeah. been used to doing something for so long, a certain way. And while it might not benefit me all the way, it benefits me in some way. So for example, if I'm anxious and I, you know, I'm avoiding something, well, it's allowing me to avoid that anxiety Mm -hmm. for that moment. And so if Gabriel's telling me, okay, Sharice, you have to not avoid this week and you need to take a small step to, you know, engage with your friends. I'm like, Ooh, like that looks different. Like that can bring up more anxiety. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. But then I take a leap of faith and say, okay, she knows what she's doing. I'm going to try that. And then I can see the huge benefit of doing that, that I can't really see past when I'm not in therapy or when someone's telling me to do that, if that makes sense. And so I think a lot of it is trusting your therapist and trusting in yourself that you are going to be okay getting into new patterns. It might seem really scary, but once you break through um, taking those small steps, it does lead to larger scale change. Absolutely. And something that you guys probably aren't going to want to hear, but you have to hear is that just because something doesn't work the first time doesn't mean that the larger process cannot work. And what I mean by that is that your therapist may offer you an intervention or tell you to do something. And even if it does not work like the therapist planned or like you planned or you planned, it doesn't mean that, oh, therapy failed or this didn't work. No. Okay. We've tried that. Let's try something else. And so in one of our models, we kind of, uh, kind of hold this belief that we do more of what works. And if it doesn't work, let's stop doing it. Right. And so sometimes we have to do a trial and error to see, okay, what's going to work for you? What's not going to work for you. And so in my therapy sessions, I try to keep it very, um, very light in the sense of like, Hey, we're going to try this. If you try it and you don't like it, like, let's say it's meditation. If I ask you to meditate or something and you do it for a couple of times and you just really don't vibe with it. Okay, cool. Let's try journaling or let's try blah, 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 blah. Therapy doesn't fail just because you don't like an intervention or it doesn't um, render whatever the goal the therapist is trying to attain. It just means that may not be a fit for you. And so I think an expectation of therapy is that don't expect it to be, I write you this prescription, you do this prescription, the cough goes away, the mental challenge goes away. Sometimes part of getting to know your story is figuring out what's going to work for you in this moment. And that could change. Mm -hmm. If you've been in therapy for a while, maybe you did something for the past three years and then all of a sudden it's no longer working. It's not saying that that intervention was bad or that your therapist was bad, but maybe you need something else now, right? And so you have to not assign negative value to therapy just because it doesn't go like you want the first time or something. Yes. And that brings me to a point of sometimes your therapist will push your intervention again and again. It's not because they don't, you know, they're not hearing you when Mm -hmm. you say that it didn't work for you or that you didn't like it. They might be trying to uncover certain reasons why it's not working for you or why you don't like it because it could be another avoidance technique. And so if I tell you to journal, you're like, oh, no, I didn't like that because it brought up a lot of emotions. 
well, that's kind of the goal of it. And yeah. now if it's causing harm, I'm going to be like, okay, well, let's not do that. Maybe right. we can modify it. But if it's benefiting you in some way, but you just don't like it because it's bringing up certain things yeah. that, you know, you're not willing to you know address, but that we need to address, the therapist might keep pushing that. And like I said, they're not trying to dismiss you or minimize right. your thoughts or say that what you're telling them is unimportant. Yeah. They're trying to push you in the right ways. And so there's a thing called challenging in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think therapists all understand when is it, it's a good point to do that. Of course, yeah. I'm not going to challenge you on the first session and say, you need to do this, this yeah. and that, or, you know, Hey, I think like we should look at this a different perspective. No, but at some point when we're noticing that you're maintaining patterns mm-hmm. and we've given different solutions and maybe some clients come in, they're like, Oh, I've tried that already. Mm-hmm. I've tried this. The therapist has tried, tried again. Once again, they're not minimizing you or dismissing you. They're saying, okay, well, maybe you tried it this way, or maybe, you know, it didn't work because of these circumstances. Let's try it again. They're trying to help you. And they're trying to find the solutions. Like Gabrielle said, they're going to work best for you. And sometimes that does take failure. Sometimes that does Mm -hmm. take doing something more than once to understand what's going to best work. But the therapist is trying to push you in the right direction. And that comes with challenging. Yes. And a huge component of this, like Cherie started was, you know, building a good relationship. The reason being is that you got to trust your therapist, right? You got to trust them to be honest, but you also got to trust them to know what they're doing, right? And so if you have a therapist and like she says, they're telling you, hey, well, let's try it again, or let's try it this way, especially if you're coming and you are investing in therapy genuinely, then you've got to take that leap of faith and trust. You know what? They think this is good for me. They think this is kind of what's going to help. I need to trust them, right? And if yet you need to build that relationship and deepen it so that you do have that secure trust, y'all can talk about that and you can do it. But if you're going to really invest and you're going to decide to do this with your therapist, make a commitment that I'm actually going to trust the process. Because if I don't trust the process, I'm going to be trying to do things my way and the therapist isn't going to be do, able to do their job simply because you're trying to get in your, your own way. So trust the process, trust your therapist. And when you do that, is it scary? Yes. Does it feel like I don't know about that? Of course, but you've got to trust the process to get the results. I love that when clients try to do things their own way. So that tells me that maybe you're motivated to make some changes, but you're not motivated to hear somebody else's perspective on mm-hmm. it. And so, you know, while you're motivated, it can cause a kind of point in therapy where maybe we're feeling the client is resistant, Mm -hmm. not intentionally, or maybe you're not doing it um, because you feel like the therapist is, you know, not hearing you or whatever. I think that comes as a defensive mechanism. Mm -hmm. I think maybe you feel like, you know, yourself best. And I'm not saying that you don't, but sometimes the therapist wants to offer different perspectives to you. And so you have to be willing to accept that. Um, That could be very difficult. But like Gabrielle said, if you have a trusting relationship with your therapist, you know, it's coming from a good place and you're able to accept that. And so if you are one person that's in therapy right now, that's trying to do things yourself and trying to lead and maintain patterns because you're trying to defend yourself in therapy. Well, I would ask you what type of relationships you have with your therapist. Yeah, I see that quite a bit where clients, you know, they come in and maybe, you know, they've been to therapy before and they didn't really get what they needed to Mm -hmm. get from therapy because they felt the therapist you know, wasn't doing their part and the client felt like they had to take the lead or they had to defend themselves in the session to be able to be heard and whatnot. And so if that's going on for you, I would question the dynamic that you have with your therapist. Mm -hmm. And like Gabrielle said earlier, the therapist can refer you out. The therapist Mm -hmm. can find you a fit that's going to work better for you because sometimes it's about personality match. Sometimes the therapist is not going to be a match for you just personality wise, or even the modality of treatment that they use might not fit with you. And that's okay. Find one that's going to fit with you so that you feel like you can let go. You can accept the therapist's perspective and allow change to work that way. Absolutely. And if you are listening to this and you've already been in therapy and things like that, you know, you know, Sharice and I both believe that 
therapies for everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we think therapists need therapy. We think random people need therapy. You do not have to be in a quote unquote active crisis to seek therapy, right? You certainly can use it for that, but even if it's just maintenance, you can do it. And so a huge part of this in trusting the process is one, reevaluating that frequently. So if you've been in therapy for a while, don't just think, oh, I did therapy last year, so I'm fine. For a lot of people, it's good to have like um, maybe maintenance uh, sessions scheduled or even just kind of like check-ins with their therapist to make sure their life is still going in the right direction. For a lot of people, we don't take enough time to just check in on ourselves anyway. And so part of this trusting relationship could be, you know what, my therapist does trust me. I've been in therapy with them for a while. They trust that I can go two weeks or a month, whatever, without therapy. But during that time, how am I continuing to work on myself? You are going to be a continuous working process. So it's not like, oh, I did therapy in 2022. And so I'm perfect. I'm 100%. I never need anything. Not likely, right? Now you can learn tools so that you can implement it on your own, but to some degree in therapy or not, you're going to have to constantly work on yourself. And so I would challenge you if you have been in therapy before, certainly have a talk with your therapist about like, hey, am I at a space where, you know, all of my goals have been met and I do feel comfortable and they think it's clinically appropriate to terminate? Or, you know what, do I value this relationship? Do I value this time that I do want to keep, you know, recurring things on the book as just check-ins or just to make sure things are still going okay? I think sometimes what I see, it's just like, I'll make really good progress with a client. They'll stop coming. They'll be like, oh yeah, I feel good. They'll stop coming. And then the life just like blows up. And I'm not saying that you have to be in therapy forever, but I think you do have to be realistic about your life and maybe the things that happen in your life. Because sometimes maybe, you know what, my life is so chaotic. I have young children or a young marriage or I'm in school or I'm trying to start a business or my career, whatever. Maybe my lifestyle, I just need something consistent because without it, everything goes tail. <laughs> and I really, it really makes me sad when it comes to premature termination, because what I see is that you're right, that they terminate because they think everything is fine yeah. and then things blow up <laughs> and they try to come back and I don't have any space anymore as a therapist. And so you cannot expect your therapist to hold space for you. So if you feel like you want to terminate, granted, the therapist might have a conversation with you about, you know, can we do a maintenance schedule? Would that be better? Or should we you know, do a few more sessions to make sure everything is truly okay? Not that they don't trust you, but they want to make sure that we've met all the goals and that you're able to transfer those skills consistently outside of therapy. So maybe you were able to do it consistently for a little bit, but then it fell off. Like you took a break, maybe it didn't go that well. And so the therapist wants to make sure that that's consistent and that you're able to be your own therapist outside of session. And so Gabrielle said, you know, you might have skills and you might be able to apply those skills, but we need to transfer them to other situations mm-hmm. too. So maybe we work through, you know, your relationship with your mom, maybe that mm-hmm. got better and you learned some skills, those skills need to be transferable to other things. And so when we in therapy, I want us to be confident that if something else happens, like maybe with a friend, you can transfer those skills that you use to your mom, to your friend, and you're not in crisis and things blew up and now you need to come back suddenly. That's not what the tools are meant to be taught for, right? It's not just for specific situations. They're transferable to life in general. Now, certain situations might come up like grief, granted that you might need to come back to therapy if you Mm -hmm. did terminate but largely the skills that you learn should be transferable to many life circumstances. And I really fear for my clients sometimes when they just ghost or when they, um, when they leave prematurely, like, Nope, I'm all better now of what is that going to look like for you when something else comes up or when the things that we haven't solved keep coming back up for you, because it's most likely going to present in a more unhealthy way because things keep adding on. And so, and then when you want to come back to therapy, the therapist is not available and you have to start all over with a new therapist. Exactly. And I think a good point, I've seen this on Twitter a while ago, but basically someone had made this argument saying that, um, 
basically therapists really weren't doing a good job with clients because they're business owners mm. and they have a business interest to like keep them in long term. And like, so even if the mm. client doesn't need therapy, we're just trying to keep them there. I'm not saying that there aren't some not great therapists who may do that, but to be honest, anybody who's ever been a therapist, a good one, or has been in therapy themselves know that it takes years sometimes to establish patterns and habits in our life. And anybody who promises you, oh yeah, in four sessions, you're not going to need this anymore. You're fine. It's not that we have a business investment and we want to keep you here longer than you should be because we just want to make money. No, if I've lived a certain way for 29 years, it is highly unlikely that if Sharice was my therapist, she's going to see me for two times and then, oh, I don't need it anymore. And so I think maybe again, trusting someone that no, they're not here just because they're trying to get rich off of me, but potentially I actually do need the work. And so when we talk about premature term termination, it's not that we're just trying to keep you around so we can continue making money, but probably it's because we see, look, this is a pattern that was deeply ingrained or this was really a big issue for you. And we probably have enough clinical experience to say, Hey, I know you feel good that you knocked out the past seven days. I don't know if seven days of progress is enough to quit therapy when you've dealt with this for 17 years. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Let me put this in perspective for y'all. So typical client might come weekly for a whole year. Okay. A therapist will take off maybe four weeks, maybe more than that. So maybe you're seeing the therapist for 48 sessions. Y'all, that is 48 hours of therapy. That is not a lot of time. So the main work comes from outside of session. But what Gabrielle is saying is so true is that, you know, premature termination is, you know, it's pretty scary because we don't know if you're maintaining that progress, but also unlearning those patterns take a lot of time. And so, you know, if we are business people, you know, we are running a business, but we also have the best interest in our clients. Absolutely. And so when you think about it being 48 hours of work, that's really not a lot of time mm -hmm. to unlearn certain patterns. Yeah. Yes, you're getting insight and you're applying those skills to your life, hopefully weekly, but, but stuff happens. Yeah. And so maybe one week you had a really bad week, you weren't able to apply the changes. And so it makes it really difficult, you know, when people have that perspective of therapists are just in it for the money or they mm -hmm. they want the clients to be long-term. No, we want you to be able to get, get the best from therapy. And sometimes that means years of work. It means years of connecting with that therapist and working through different situations. So even sometimes clients will come in for a certain issue, but then other things come up. Yeah. So grief, someone might yeah. have passed away. And so the initial work pauses, right? And then we're on to grief work. So so many things happen in therapy that I think it's so it, it seems like it's cut and dry of like mm -hmm. come to therapy, get better, reach your goals, and then you can be done forever. Yeah. That's not how it works. And you know sometimes it's hard for people to understand that because of what the way that's portrayed in the media. Yeah. And sometimes even going to not so good therapists, you hear horror oh, stories yeah. of yeah, I was in therapy for this long, and I didn't really get anything out of it. Yikes, right? We hear those stories, but we don't hear right. the vulnerable experiences of people that go to therapy for a long time and get what they need out of it. One, because it's vulnerable. And two, because some people don't want to share their therapy space with other people because that space is just for them. For sure. I've had clients who don't even want to bring other people into their therapy space because they don't want to taint it. Yeah. Right. So they have issues with their mom, their dad, siblings. They don't want to bring it into the, they don't want to bring them into the therapy space because it's going to change mm -hmm. the way therapy might be perceived or the right. way that their experience uh, therapy experience might go. And so, you know, it's a difficult thing to balance. Yeah. And like Sheree said in the middle of this podcast, therapy is an investment. And if you guys view it that way and, you know, you can kind of research on your own or look into like what are investments and why they're important, but there are so many investments in life that you can make that yield a really good return for you. And therapy when done right is one of those things. So just like you may invest in stocks or in real estate or in whatever, right? 
therapy is one of those things that when you invest and you invest in a really good therapy experience, the return on that investment can be long lasting. I mean, it can change family dynamics. It can change how your kids are raised, how your interactions are with your parents or your in-laws or your job or your career or your future. And so if you're listening to this as the new year is kind of kicking off, make that investment for yourself and, you know, do your due diligence, find the right fit for you, find the right therapist. But if you view it as an investment. And like Sheree said, on average, you're going to spend maybe 48 hours a year doing that. Most people work 48 hours a week. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, obviously the typical work week, I think is like 40 hours, but there are so many people who work, work overtime. They're probably knocking out 60 hours of work in one week. Right. And there's 52 weeks in a, in a year. So if I'm only doing 48 hours of work in a whole year, come on now, y'all, we can invest that. So find the right investment, manage these expectations. And that's kind of my big takeaway. What what would you say is your takeaway? I think that was perfect. I think, you know, like I said, therapy is definitely an investment. And like Abra was saying, this is going to be something that you're going to get a great return on. And so it's something that, you know, you're going to take with you for life. And I'm really big on generational changes. And so I got into this work to help clients make generational change. So not just with them. I think any change that someone makes it indirectly or directly affects someone else in their life. And so I love to see the generational change. And I hear all the time on social media, yeah, it's all about generational changes and and, and breaking those traumas that we have that are passed down from generation to generation. Well, that starts with doing the work and being able to pass down positive things to the next generation that you have learned. It doesn't have to be all from therapy, but I think learning about yourself through therapy is a unique experience. Like I said before, because the therapist is unbiased, even when you're self-learning and you're doing like self-help books and all that, you're still biased because Mm. you it's through your perspective of your mind and your mind is biased to you. And so therapy offers that unique experience that I can, that I think takes healing a bit further. And so if you're wanting to start therapy, please always reach out to us if you need help finding resources. I found some people resources in the past couple of months and I love it. And they're so thankful for that. And I'm thankful they trust me enough to say, Hey, what are some good therapists in the area? Please help me. I want to work on X, Y, and Z and being able to help them. And just to know that they are able to get the help that they feel like they deserve is amazing. And so please, if you need any resources, if you need any help, please reach out to us. You can follow us on the in session, the podcast, Instagram page, follow us on Facebook as well. But other than that, we'll be back for a next episode in the next couple of weeks. So thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time.